Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome back, Redheads, to another episode of the Redheads Book Club October edition. First episode with our new podcast network, Dear Media. We are so excited for the big change over here. Today's the day everything was announced, so it's top of mind right now. Though it really doesn't change much for our esteemed listeners, it's an exciting update that we're excited to share with you. So before we get into everything that we're going to discuss this month, my wonderful book choice of Lessons in Chemistry by Bonnie Garmus, I need to find out what's going on with my girlies, Dana, Becky, Snitch. If you're you're new to the redheads because you're a dear media groupie and you just found out about this podcast let me give you the once over this is a book club podcast it drops once a month the first thursday of every month and we read one book a month and recap it on this podcast now i my name is jackie ashray i'm the host of the morning toast here we have dana and becky who are my best friends from college and my little sister the snitch even though she's not so little i can't stop calling her that we Little. all rotate who picks the book every month and we all have very different tastes. So the book is, is very different month to month mm-hmm. and we'd love to roast each other here at the Redheads. Nothing we say is serious. You'll notice a little rivalry between Becky and Snitch. You'll notice a little rivalry between Snitch and everyone. And that's just what um, we do here. <laughs> just because... I wouldn't say that. The Snitch I has opinions. really just between me and Rit. The Snitch has opinions and she makes them known. So that's a little bit about us. Now, before we kick off everything, I must catch up with my girlies. Who shall I start with? Snatchler, since we just heard from you. How are you doing? What's new with you? I had a feeling. <laughs> I did have a feeling. Um, Not much is new. Just, you know... Working my tail off mm-hmm. constantly. Constant. And crying and complaining about it at the same time. So that's a bit about me. Oh, okay, cool. Bex, how about you? Hey, you guys. Happy Dear Media Day. Um, DMD. DMD. All is well. I feel so grateful, Jax, because you're asking what's new, but we got to spend such delicious time together when you were visiting New York. So a little bit about Jax is that she lives in Florida now, even though I refuse to acknowledge it. So it was just like no time had passed, which was so special. We yeah. We got really, really great bonding time, and it was just great. So I feel like that is like what the latest is. It's like I'm embracing fall in the city and my friendship with you from afar. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, that's what's new with me, too. I was just in New York for the week, so I was able to spend time with my favorite girly. So it feels like we've all been together so recently. We actually all went to dinner together one night while I was there. So we've gotten some good FaceTime. Dana, how are you? 
I'm good. Today is the first day that Mercury is fully out of retrograde and I am overjoyed. I have had the worst Mercury in retrograde that it has ever been. It's from September 9th to October 2nd and I felt it in every which way. I sprained my ankle, communication was out the wazoo, like I was unwell and now I woke up today and I just felt the universe like colliding back into normal and I'm very, very relieved. What's That's so interesting. That could explain a lot. September was a right. Rough it was month. nuts. It was oh the worst God. it's ever been. I think Wait. every planet was out of sync. Yes. Okay. Because that like that really that explains a lot. Does it? I can't believe Dana. You're so like rational, logical, logical. Like you're very um, Elizabeth Zott. Yet you believe <laughs> in like this woo woo astrology. Yeah. And it's unexpected. It's I why would, me and Dana are friends. You guys yes. know this, right? Because of your horoscope signs? Because she yes. found she did not like me. I'm being clear about this. Like she act, actively, and Dana doesn't actively dislike anybody, but she had a chip on her shoulder towards me, found out I was a Pisces, and then never looked back. It's true. Like the second that's, she said Pisces, it unlocked friendship forever. That's so that weird. So, so maybe don't you think that like your sign and Pisces get along because they do you, 100% because you decided to get along with the Pisces. <laughs> it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. You know, you, people might think that you have a point, but <laughs> but you don't. The, but <laughs> it would be a crazy coincidence. The compatibility that I have with Pisces throughout my whole life. Like, I think that came first. Okay. That is so So you crazy. agree I'm your best friend. <laughs> totally. I mean, because you're a Pisces. I always ask you what you think about my sign and you never give me an answer. You always say you don't know anything about Scorpios and I just, I don't believe that. No, I really don't have that many friends with November birthdays. It's kind of wild. Like, all But you haven't birth- done your research? You haven't looked into Scorpios? It doesn't work like that. It's like, I take the amount of people I, I know it with does. it. No, it Not does. Not like, Right, for me. Like, I just take the people that I know with the sign that I have the most, like, commonalities with and I'm like oh whoa this like makes sense I know so many Aquariuses I know so many Capricorns and they're all like this but I have no idea don't you just know so many people then right which is crazy that I don't know more November birthdays like I actually can't think of one person born in November besides my sister I can think of one who Nicole Mallon oh Nicole Mallon the other Snatchler Snatch you get along best with Scorpios um yeah that is actually probably true love the campers don't you yeah <laughs> wow. what's the date range for scorpios i don't know let's see end of I have a lot of fr- i have a lot of friends whose birthdays in october and i want to know it's if it's, they're also scorpios october 23rd to november 21st it doesn't apply never mind no. while this conversation is riveting we absolutely have to <laughs> move on to oh, recap Wait, we're supposed to talk about other things yeah no this isn't an astrology show maybe our next yeah. book can be astrology oriented and dana you can go on a tangent about it <laughs> but no we need to get into this month's book which was lessons in chemistry by bonnie garmus it was a jackie's choice and i'm feeling hashtag proud because it was fantastic so before we get into all the questions breaking everything down and inevitably finding things wrong with the book I'm going to do a quick little Mm. summary of the book lessons in chemistry is set in the 1950s to the 1960s it's centered around our female protagonist Elizabeth Zott who is not like other girls really (laughs) she had a troubled upbringing definitely very isolated she's self-taught I don't think she went to school she studied in libraries until she was able to go to UCLA for her master's degree and she is a chemist she's a female scientist in a time when that is not really a common 
two words that are commonly put together. And she is determined nothing is going to stop her, yet everyone tries to. She lands a job at Hastings Research Institute where she's chugging along. Everyone is constantly stealing from her and belittling her, but she does her thing. Where she meets Calvin Evans, who is a famous scientist back in the day. And after a little bit of will they, won't they, they fall head over heels in love like these two people have real chemistry they're soulmates Elizabeth is very not traditional she doesn't want to get married she doesn't want to have kids mostly because she doesn't want those things to take away from her career and everything she plans to accomplish but life has other plans because one day Calvin dies he is hit by a car and Elizabeth is left alone yet she finds out that she's pregnant so over the next five years she struggles with pregnancy becoming a new mom balancing working motherhood etc she gives birth to a very precocious little girl named mad and along the way they pick up a dog named 630 who joined the family while Calvin was still alive and then really ushers Elizabeth through life especially as she's grieving Basically, when Matt is five years old, Elizabeth lands a job as a TV host for a cooking show called Supper by Six. She is the very unlikely star of the show, but she's a no-nonsense woman who is very apt and a great cook and purchase everything with a scientist's point of view and a scientist's mind. And for all of those reasons, she is a big success. The rest of the book sort of kind of goes downhill from there she's very famous she has success but it's really not what she wants to be doing uh a lot of stuff from her past comes to the foreground now that she is a big star and she's sort of struggling with all of it then in the final hour of the book Calvin's history comes back because turns out he thought he was an orphan he's not an orphan a lot of confusing shit happens really quickly at the end but it's a happily ever after new family is found new family is made friends become family and it's really a heartwarming story so before we get into everything about the book I want to know top line did we like or did we not like the book what about it did we like or not like since it was my choice I will just say I loved the book I enjoyed it so immensely I thought the writing was amazing I was loving the story I was loving Elizabeth I was loving Calvin you know they're I wouldn't say I relate to them in so many ways because they were both very quirky people but I loved reading about them I love 630 the dog I love 630 and Matt I love the little girl I loved everything I loved how it kept coming back to certain people places and everything you might think it was like too much of a coincidence but I thought for a book there should be a lot of that and there was so I absolutely loved it now let's hear from snitch I loved it the only thing I didn't like and like uh, what I still can't get over was that Calvin died like I, uh, I was so upset. Like it, it almost, it really almost ruined the book for me. Like I, I was just so upset also because like the dog blaming himself, like all of it was just horrible. I, I couldn't take it. But besides that, I mean, I, I also did really like the writing. I also liked how seamlessly she was able to like, kind of like, sp- like say what other people were thinking. So like quickly if that makes sense Mm -hmm. like she would go all of a sudden from like what Elizabeth was thinking to all of a sudden to what 630 was thinking in like two seconds yeah so I really like enjoyed like the flow of the book I could have done with like a tiny bit less chemistry but like that's just because I'm stupid (laughs) but overall loved it I'm so glad I also in the beginning of the book they allude to the fact that she's a single mom and so you figure something bad happens to Calvin if they're no longer together when they were so in love 
no, of course. I mean, obviously, I knew something bad was going to happen. And also, like, all the stuff about, like, freak accidents happening to him. Like, right. the second I started reading the chapter that where he died, I literally knew he was going to die before they said right, it. Right, because they said still, it was gloomy it, outside. It still hurt. And 630 was, like, not down. Um, yeah. Okay, Becky, what did you think? I feel like you would love this because you love a strong female heroine. Obviously, I loved this book. I thought it was excellent. Um, I loved Elizabeth and her conviction for all things practical. I obviously think she took it way too far in many instances. So there were moments where I was like, holy moly, she has got to cool off. But I thought that her conviction in what was right and wrong in terms of like sexism and and just like these really profound issues that women still encounter was so spot on. And I loved how stark she made it. You know, like... I feel like we even today are like talking conceptually about like equal pay for women and like there's still a a disparity and like we're still talking about it and it still is complexing for some people and she just laid it out so black and white that we were all just like standing back like well we have nothing else to say other than completely agree with you and I felt like a lot of times we were like wow she's so brash she's so blunt like this is off-putting but I thought it was the author's way of being like, by the way, these issues are out of control. The fact that this was our life for so long and so many of these issues are so persistent to this day is mind boggling. I just love the way that the author was able to weave in these like really profound takeaways with such an interesting, entertaining plot. Yeah, um, that's it's, that's something that stuck with me, honestly. And trigger warning, anyone. But the way that like men would literally just rape women because they could like like the producer and then the professor and it's just like women were like legitimately objects it was the craziest thing like there's just there's just like zero morality mm-hmm. and it was just like wild I was like thinking about that last night when I was walking Max I was like it's just fucking crazy so nuts um I liked that there were unexpected twists and turns I totally did not expect Calvin to die I honestly thought that they like had this crazy falling out because at one point one of the bosses was like made it his mission to get them to hate each other and I was like well maybe he was successful so that came out of nowhere for me I honestly expected 630 to not live because of how much she loved him I was like well inevitably like that's right. gonna go wrong yeah yeah um I just thought it was a little long that was like my really only like negative feedback um it was excellent I I loved this choice well done Jax oh my gosh thank you Dana are we gonna go to four for four we are. I echo all of that. I love this book. One thing that I wasn't expecting is I found this book like to be very funny. Like I kept laughing out loud at the corny dad humor. Like not for everybody, but I just thought it was very, very humorous at times. And I just loved how all of the plot lines, like they could really hold their own. I was interested in each one. Like I was interested in the lab. I was interested in her love story. I was interested in her daughter. I was interested in the TV show. And I loved how, as Jackie said, they intersected each other so fluidly. Like, I could have read each on its own book, and then I could have, like, read them how they were compatible, and I just, I gave it a very high rating. It's a great book. Totally. I said that. Snitch did say she liked the flow. The flow, but, like, you were saying how they kept, it wasn't a coincidence? No, it wasn't a coincidence. So, I'm so glad everybody liked it. That will make this conversation very fun to have and let's get into the dbqs i actually found two book club guides so i was able to fuse the best questions from each because some of them were just like a little dense 
So now it is time for the document-based questions based on the book. One, what is your overall impression of Elizabeth as a protagonist? Why was chemistry the right career choice for her? I actually, I thought she was a great protagonist. I also thought that she, I like, I feel like obviously we know about like a lot of the disparities with like women and everything like in the 1950s, but have I ever once thought about like the issues with like women and sexism in chemistry or science like literally never so I thought it was like an interesting kind of like approach to take where like you're also like educating the reader but also like you're it all kind of feels familiar too yeah you don't feel like you're being lectured like by making it into a story you're learning so much without even realizing same literally like her show supper at six like you're learning all this stuff about chemistry you don't even realize you're being taught right 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 I love like the chemistry part of it because it was so sciencey, but it's also like her framework for how the world operated. It wasn't just like this isotope meshes with that. It was like, especially when she was giving the show advice to women, it was explaining like covalent bonds. And then she would illustrate it with a real life example of relationships. And I like really enjoyed that piece of it, making it so like women could understand, but not dumbing it down. Yeah. She also is so clear cut in her way of life and her approach to life that chemistry is scientific. It's not like art. It's not so, oh, there's like a lot of gray area. And she operated in the exact opposite, which I think is a very clear parallel to something like chemistry. Yeah. No, I totally agree. I feel like she was someone who like, she walks the walk, talks the talk. Like there's no contradictions and you know what you're gonna get and I I just really appreciated her as a character I don't feel like we get a lot of Elizabeth Zotz out there same for Calvin you know they're both very quirky people but I also loved how like together it's like chemistry like together they're stronger hydrogen and oxygen together they are water yeah they sure there were some villains in this book that like I wanted to kill. Yeah, and I just don't feel like there was enough justice, but we'll get but there. Mrs. Frask. I want to give her a Frask. Okay, Miss Frask redeemed herself. And by the way, it's yeah, Miss. Agreed. And that's, you know, that's her first Important. problem. Yeah. Oh, oh. Um, no, but the men, like Donati, the one who had a heart attack, like fine, I guess that's like not a great ending. But the one who just got fired after years of being an awful person abusive person that's just not enough the doctor after the plagiarism yep dr donati uh no the one from the phd program like i'm gonna need some justice there oh dr myers never heard never should be heard from again right right she should have been able to like go back to school and finish out the 10 minutes of class she had left also like i the way i like literally hated dr donati i don't even know if that was his name but like it is in my book like he was so absolutely evil is so jealous like of everything and everyone like it was it was too much you know what I really liked I like the way that they described like a workplace how it's really full of people who don't know what they're doing and also Mm -hmm. because those people interview well was such a funny quote oh my god no literally like pulled at me I was like is that me am I that person (laughs) who because I would interview well and then I would get there and be like oh my god I know nothing and I just have to like charm my way through this I'm like it was also so made funny. me feel better like that that shit goes down like in science too you yeah know? no there's people who literally don't know shit about fuck who are like just skating about by fuck. copying other people and everyone like they should have imposter syndrome because they're imposters but the problem is that they don't 
but it's the real ones who do. That Wait, little also, twerp who would show up at her doorstep. Ugh. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Barowitz, he never, we never got justice there either. I know, and I felt like because he was kind of nice about it, that it wasn't as bad as the others. And I kind of felt like maybe he would do right by her eventually. But no, he's just as bad. And I feel like that was another theme. It's like there are the people who do bad things and then there are also the people who see bad things being ha- happening and don't do anything about it. You know, mm-hmm. I wish she just turned them away. It bothered me that she was still helping them. From she needed, she the, needed money. the money. I would, or like charged more. She, like she was still talking about how poor she was. I know. Was. Like, I wish she charged enough that she didn't have to worry about money. That's the yes, only way yeah, that it was yes. like palatable. But the fact that she was doing all of that work and still struggling, that really oh, hurt. Completely. Okay, next question. How did Elizabeth's unusual upbringing and volatile relationship with her parents impact how she approached relationships as an adult? She definitely approached things at an arm's length. I think she lost trust and faith based on her family, and it felt like she was just going to kind of operate life as a solo artist until Calvin changed her mind. No, and just like expecting that everyone would be that way and that, you know, love or those big themes like don't even, aren't real. I love when he vomited on her. Oh, yeah. Um, One of the things that just and I know that like this isn't the right thing to say, but one of the things that just really bothered me was that like they loved each other so much. Please get married. Like not for any societal norms. None of that. Like, no, I agree. Snitch. She overdid it a little with the feminism. And I don't mean that controversially because like I support women and I think she did what she had to do. But there were moments where I'm like, you can give in a little bit. It's verging on unrealistic, even with the show. Like, I understand you want to do it your way, but there are some things you can acquiesce to, like a knickknack that you don't necessarily love, but the show that is paying you wants to show showcase like those things annoyed me and it really won't compromise your values and I mean she didn't want to get married because she wanted all of her work to be in her name and he said she could keep her name yes yeah but he didn't really mean it he didn't he said he hadn't thought of it before that moment like it wasn't the plan but then he was willing to do it once she said it that's true I I do think think he he would have he literally would have done anything he would have done anything and it's kind of like he put her name on the lease and made a mental note like, oh, I should take her off the lease. She said no and then did it. And she later was like, thank God he did that or I really would have been broke. It's like there are some advantages to this life. Yeah, right. like, to, and to like even if you don't agree with the rules to just like playing by some of the rules. And it was, yes. I think it was Calvin who said that. He's like, just because things should be a certain way, like doesn't mean that they're going to be. So even if you're bullheaded about doing things in the way that are right, that you think that they should be done, like they still won't get done unless you – make concessions here and there and like play the game yeah but I think a lot of her point was that if she continues to play the game just like everyone else has been playing the game then there's not going to be any structural change that will benefit mostly women in the long run and I think that like her taking a firm stance on so many things was just like yeah it's going to make my life more complicated and much more hellish but if I don't do this no one will I feel that that is a good I get it I really I really get it I really just wanted them to get married. The yeah. only thing that really bothered me was like, it was the first day of the show. They're like, cut, you're live. And she's like, um, yeah, no. Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. Like, also, and this then isn't furthering sudden- feminism. This is just like a, a bit much. unprofessional. And then all yeah. of a sudden she freezes. Like that felt completely out of character. Cause she like read the script and was horrified. Yeah. Okay. Next question. What did you think about the eventual romance between Elizabeth and Calvin? 
Why were they a good fit, aka full of true chemistry? I actually feel like even though they had a lot of, you know, chemical properties where they each, you know, connected to one another, thereby making themselves stronger, I feel like the fact that they were so in love actually, like, love is more, it's not rational, you know? And I feel like it actually upended, like, what both of them think about the world that, like, you could connect with someone in such, like, a special, magical way. And I feel like their actual bond was kind of contradictory to the way that they see the world, you know? Yeah. I love that they were both like so unequivocally themselves. They really did not care what others think and they just Mm -hmm. plowed ahead. Like they beat to their own drums and they were contented in that and not trying to prove anything to anybody. No, I gave them so much respect exactly to your point, Dana, of beating beating on their own drum because they were having like a full-fledged meltdown in the middle of a cafeteria (laughs) around everybody that they work with and like not one... At not one point where they like, maybe we should talk about this outside. Like they yeah. really just also, forged ahead. Yes. Also, I didn't realize that he was like proposing and doing this whole conversation in the middle of the fucking cafeteria. Yeah. I had no idea until at one point, like then all of a sudden other people are hearing it. I'm like, where the hell did you come from? Like that I thought was incredibly strange. Like do it in your lab, Calvin. Okay. Um, I just think that they both loved chemistry so much and finding another person with that same passion. And they were both so intelligent, like off the charts brilliance to find that in someone and it's the exact same area of passion like what could be better but also they were both good people you know because like someone like Donati could also be obsessed with chemistry but he's not going to treat a woman the way that Calvin did I love that they described him as ugly that just like made it so much better yeah but I still don't think he was ugly because I just feel like men are ugly and nobody cares (laughs) if he was tall he wasn't ugly true you know like I just feel like men don't get called ugly (laughs) no okay next question Elizabeth Zod had no formal education and yet she was able to self-educate thanks to her library card With the advent of technology, the library almost seems outdated, though many would argue that the library is more important than ever. Do you think libraries are important? If so, why? I mean, libraries are so important. And this book got me thinking about libraries because technically a lot of the stuff that MAD was doing would now be found on a library, you know, looking for Iowa orphanages, everything. Like it really was like Google. They were looking for archives, looking for old yearbooks. Um, But that makes me sad because I feel like it's like through the librarian and just the experience of being there that you learn so much. I know. And like other books we've read, The Midnight Library, like I feel like a motif of libraries has been it's a place of solace and comfort. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of like what it was for Mad too. Like she also went and, and Elizabeth, like they went to learn and escape and like be amongst a safe split place of books and it was also like where mad met the reverend like it was right. an important symbol mm-hmm. for like forging connections and without the reverend she wouldn't have learned about her dad's past etc so like it was important yeah and if she just went on google none of that would have happened so it makes me sad to think about like what the convenience and what we've lost something that seemed like misplaced was when they whispered into each other's ears a secret I thought it was going to come out of something like the reader did not know yet and then when it was like my dog knows 981 words I was like what no totally because also the reverend was like I didn't even have words for what she said so I was like it's gonna be fucking crazy yeah and then it was that which is like yeah I mean that is I wouldn't understand that either but like that's like Nothing. (laughs) Yeah. Well, speaking of 630, why do you suspect the author decided to include the viewpoint of the dog 630? We actually got a lot of questions for the redheads being like, what did you think about reading from 630's point of view? And some people weren't here for it. Wait, I thought it was brilliant beyond brilliant. 
I did too. And I thought it also validated the fact that he basically spoke the full English language. Yeah. I loved 630. I loved reading about him like what he was doing when like Elizabeth was like my dog has is busy he has to pick up my daughter from school and then I also (laughs) loved hearing like 630s take on things and I thought it added so so much to the book and I just now I need to teach brew words and I I need to figure out what words he knows because agreed it just make made me think also the only thing about 630 I didn't like is like it's incredibly unrealistic like well that's what I liked about it because the book was so rooted in logic and chemistry and science and laws and then you have this talking dog it kind of like reminded you that with all the facts out there there's still a higher power if you choose to believe in it it was almost metaphysical so it was like let us not forget like in the midst of all the science there are magical parts of the universe too that's funny I sort of thought of it as the opposite I was thinking more so of pushing boundaries and not accepting the norms like we just look at dogs and we see them oh they're creatures they don't understand nor will they ever and that's sort of like a metaphor for Elizabeth's world oh women are just relegated to the kitchen and that's whatever and we're not going to push that she was like I'm going to push boundaries I'm going to make chemistry my passion I'm going to be at the forefront of this I'm going to do x y and z and not be held back by my sex and same with this dog like it's not going to be just a dog it's going to be like a participant in my life I love that yeah and it makes you wonder about your own dog's interior life yeah I love how I'm like this is impossible Jackie it's all I could think about after I was just thinking about like what goes on in Magnolia's brain what do you think what'd you come up with what are you thinking she's thinking really as much as I want to believe that it's just like la-di-da happy like blah 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 like I literally think it's like nothing oh so you don't think like she's has 630s no I don't like I think she's smart like she understands when I like you know food and just like some commands but like I don't know that she like is thinking like thoughts interesting Jax what do you think about brew I feel like brew is thinking some thoughts I think most of the time he's just like heating pad you know move woman give me my food but like sometimes, especially and maybe it's with kids and that's like where 630 and mad, maybe before mad, like 630's job was less obvious. Um, but like when he plays with Harry, like there's something happening. There's a bond happening for sure. And he plays with him different than like he play than he would like play with me. So I feel so like he's dog. thinking some stuff. And I mean, I couldn't say the word brother more around the house. So I think he knows like that's my brother. But, okay, he might know the word brother, but does he understand brother? The same way that um, 630, oh, 630 didn't understand the word smart, but he knew it. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. He's brother in name only. Damn snatch. Okay. Uh, Let's move on. Elizabeth is sometimes depressed by the circumstances in her life. Not coincidentally, her show airs in the afternoon depression zone. And yet she's never a victim. How does she continually pick herself up? What fuels her resilience? And why, after she's reached stardom, is she more miserable than ever? She just wants to be a scientist. I know. I feel like she's really circumstantially depressed. The world has just dealt her, you know, blow after blow. And it nobody could withstand a lot of what she's been through. And to continue to be knocked down at every turn, it takes a toll. I also think she never mourned Calvin. And, like, that played, like, a huge part in it. Like, she, like, woke up every day like it was the day after he died. 
I think she like mourned him and like she was way better by the hundredth day than the first day. She got through it and like threw herself back into work and chemistry. But what I loved about her was she took things so literally like this bitch did not understand sarcasm at all. And I think that's what made her so successful because she just did not subscribe to societal norms. Not only because she was a boss, but because she physically couldn't like she didn't understand that kind of humor. So like the way her brain worked actually catapulted her into this life where she said no to all the social norms that like women just accept because that's the way things are right it just doesn't make sense to her rationally like if we're all humans why would one human have it this way and another that way like so many times he was like good joke and she's like that wasn't a joke like she really had a different way of looking at things yes Okay, next up, the story features a great supporting cast from the neighbor Harriet, who eventually becomes like an extended family member, to to Elizabeth's producer, Walter, who becomes her best friend. Who was your favorite supporting character and why? Sorry, Snitch. I liked Miss Frask by the end. I thought she came the farthest. She started at the lowest and ended at the highest. She really was a pivotal. She saved the day. She saved the day. Totally, yes. But for her to be your favorite, in terms of growth, yeah. And like their moment Fine. where they bonded over their previous sexual assaults, I thought was so powerful. Like curtain dropped, no. chapter for ended. Sh- for sure. I couldn't get past the way she treated her after Calvin died and when she found out she was pregnant. Like I think that that is literally unforgivable. And it didn't seem like she showed a ton of remorse. I think she moved, she wanted to to make change alongside Elizabeth. So I think she did what she had to do, but... I don't know if she recognized, like, the betrayal that took place. Not even betrayal, but she didn't... It was just horrifying, the behavior. Yeah. I think maybe Harriet was my favorite. Me too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She just was, like, so necessary at such a dire time. And I feel like I was thinking... I actually love this book also because it talked a lot about, like, pregnancy and having a newborn, and which is, like, the phase that I just emerged from. And having, like, a baby who's crying so much. And, like, when Harriet came and it's, like, help her, please. And, like, it took them a few days for them to, like, realize Harriet needed a purpose and Elizabeth needed help. And then once they connected on that level, I was, like, thank you. Like, now Elizabeth can continue on. And go back to being a female scientist and be able to work outside the home, which is so important for her. And I love that she ended up with Walter. Yeah, I thought for a second maybe Elizabeth and Walter. It makes sense that like Elizabeth never had another romance in the book because there just wasn't enough time. And I don't think Elizabeth's someone who like connects with very many people. I know, but I wanted her to. I know. No, like the love she had with Calvin, it would have felt dull. Like it could, they can't rep- replicate that. I agree. Fine. Especially not in one book. Okay, next question. What are your thoughts about the reveal that Calvin's real life mother was the one behind the funds to Elizabeth's scientific research? So this is the part of the book, it didn't lose me, but everything just happened so quickly and it was like all along she's been pulling the strings and this and that and it's like, you pulled the strings. Look at the mess that you made. Like, if you knew everything that was happening, like, you should have stepped up sooner. It was years that Calvin was working at Hastings where you could have come forward, like, and told him your story. All you needed was, like, an afternoon with him to, like, get him to ex- understand what happened. It just feels like so much time wasted. Such a shame. Like, yes, at the end of the day, she can be with her granddaughter, but it's a little too little too late. Also, the woman knew that Donati was misappropriating funds and pretending Elizabeth was a man and all of these things and didn't do anything to make it right and they just kind of like sat and waited. It was kind of annoying. 
I completely agree. Couldn't agree more. I thought that this tur- took a turn for the unnecessary. It just got wrapped in layers and layers of, of I think, fodder. I wasn't positive what was intended. I don't know. It, it was just, just like, It felt good. like the end of a book that's like a whodunit. And it's like, and here yeah. are all the answers. And it's like, we didn't have that many questions. Totally. You, made, you overcomplicated it a little bit and like took a, it became like a different book by the end from like the slow pace of what we read the first 90%. Completely agree. I'm glad we can all agree. What did you think about the ending overall? What happens next for Elizabeth? Um, I wish I knew. Yeah. <laughs> like, I wish there was, like, one more chapter. Right, because now things are about to get good. Like, she's going back to Hastings. She's coming in at the top. Like, I hate... What happened to your abiogenesis research? Like, did you f- did you solve the biggest question in chemical history? Right, and also the fact that the woman, Avery Parker, like, was just finding abiogenesis because that's Elizabeth's beat. It's like, oh, wait, so it wasn't, like, a big deal... I thought when they said they had an investor who wanted abiogenesis, I'm like, oh, Elizabeth, of course, is working on cutting edge stuff. But no, it's just like it was just to support her. Like she could have been working on duty farts and they were going to fund that. Like <laughs> it kind of took away from the legitimacy of what she was doing. Agreed. And I That's love that fair. you pronounced that so well. I had no idea how to say that when I was reading How it. do you know? I don't know that it's right. I'm just. How do you, why, how do you know it's not abiogenesis? I, do, I just pronounced it like phonetically. It might, probably is abiogenesis because genesis is a word and genesis is not. <laughs> no, it's not. We need to, Jackie. You should post on um, the Redheads Instagram like the pronunciation, like video. You know. Oh, okay. Audio. Yeah, will do. That's cute. That yeah, is cute. I. Good idea, snitch. I knew that the person funding it was connected to them in some way. So from the start, I was like, "Oh, this person is funding it for Elizabeth." Like, I know that that it. I still believe that abiogenesis has a lot of value, but I had a feeling that it was deeply, deeply rooted to Elizabeth. Same. It was, but I hear it was your point, Jax. It was not an aha moment of like, I can't believe oh, it. I didn't think that this investor had anything to do with the Parker Foundation. Oh. I really thought that they had an investor who wanted this research. Oh, no, I didn't. I knew that there was like some something. I just couldn't figure out what. Mm. Okay. I think the twist was like, it was a woman, not a man. It was her mom, not the dad. Yeah. Uh, but I think we all figured that out, that he that Wilson wasn't his dad pretty early on. Right? I wasn't sure. I thought, like, he really could have been and was told his son died and just believed it. And, like, that might have been the conspiracy as opposed to the oh, mom. I guess I figured out that it was the mom when they told us because Reverend yeah, yeah, Wakely, yeah. Like, you know, but it was before <laughs> Elizabeth found out, but we knew. There were just also so many things about the book that made me angry, come to think of it. Like, oh, not in a bad way. Yeah, yeah, like angry like, at, the, at, like, your feeling feelings in the book. Yeah, like when Wilson came and he just, like, believed that Calvin was dead. Try, like, a tiny bit harder. Get a death certificate. There's no Google. Know. Yeah, I agree. I, he could have, they're powerful people. They could have figured it out. I agree, Snatch. Or be like, oh, like, that's terrible. I'd love to, like, interview his friends to, like, know what he was like. Mm-hmm. I know, but I think especially back then, like when the church said something, like mm, maybe, and it was already it. like she gave him up for adoption. She was hesitant to even find him. Like I could see why she didn't want to push. Yeah. Okay. Our final question for the DBQs: Did you feel like you learned any lessons or anything else from reading the novel? Do you have any passages or favorite scenes that you would like to discuss? But first, let's talk about lessons. Obviously, we'll get to the moral. But was there something that you personally took away from this book that resonated with you? 
So I hate change and they kept repeating how chemistry is change and that's at like the core tenet of their belief system and that kind of resonated with me because it made me realize like change is just a normal part of life and it should be embraced instead of fled from. Yeah, what weirdly resonated with me and maybe it's just the time of my life that I'm in was all of the stuff about like food as fuel and all of the important like when she was talking about giving the meals that she made for her daughter, they were like perfectly compounded to help her grow and this and that. And then maybe because I'm like starting baby food and stuff, but like, I just feel like I do sometimes forget like food is like so intentional, you know, and it has so many different like vitamins and benefits and everything. And like the importance of a balanced meal. Cause I feel like I eat crap so often. It's so true. Even when they had that, sponsor and it was like a can of beans like how bad it could it be and she's like this is literally all chemicals people like don't and it's true like everything that even if it is like a vegetable in a can what do you think is keeping that vegetable self stable shelf stable for 10 years beyond like something that is never gonna expire is that that ain't right yeah know? This is less like lessons, but I loved the daughter's interactions with the teacher. I thought that was hysterical. Oh, my God. Another nitwit. Yes. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Another least favorite character. She should, they should all get together. Also, like, I mean, it's hard to, like, think about things because obviously, like, we're in 2022. So, like, we are in a different society. But, like, the thought of, like, having your, these four-year-old or five-year-old kids do a family tree, like... Family dynamics are so different. Like, that's the stupidest fucking thing I've ever heard. Yeah. They don't do that anymore. We're too woke. Do they not do that <laughs> like, anymore? I don't think so. No idea. Also, just no because, idea. like, also, I feel like they knew that, like, Matt obviously came from, like, a different sort of family dynamic. So, like, then to, like, make them, like, put it all on paper and then be such a bitch that you, like, share it out with all of the parents, like... It's just so mean. These are children. Like legit. So and to evil. give it to a magazine is absolutely insane. I think it's for, I think they probably still do projects like that. But I think for a lot of kids, like it's interesting and it's like good to know where you came from and stuff. But to have to like publicize all of that with your classmates is a lot. And then especially if your teacher is going to be a big fat wench and give it to a <laughs> magazine when you've put personal stuff on there. Not cool. Yeah. I would say my favorite lessons just had to – were just grounded in – positioning women further ahead than they currently are you know yeah and what they currently were in the book like I was so impressed by Elizabeth's resilience and determination to highlight the severe juxtaposition and discrepancy between men and women and just kind of all things that are so against women making progress um and just like appreciation for the work that women do especially moms and running a household, this and that. It was just, like, I I can't even get over, like, how well it highlighted, like, these insane discrepancies and disparities that take place. Yeah, and I think also an important message that was in the book that wasn't, like, necessarily for Elizabeth, but that she reiterated over and over because she was someone who, like, wanted to work outside the home. But, like, for women who do work in the home, like, all we want is thanks and appreciation and the same way that you like go and do your job every day like I'm actually I'm doing the same thing but my job is actually harder and I don't get no thanks and so I feel like that was an important message too it's like we're not saying we don't want to raise kids and we don't want to cook and we don't want to be in the house necessarily we just want to be like seen for all of the contributions that we make which at the end of the day are actually 
oftentimes even more than someone who is, you know, bringing home a paycheck. Totally. Okay, now it's time for our redhead questions. You guys sent your questions to the Redheads Book Club at gmail.com. And they're a little more, you know, specific and personal to us. And also any issues that you guys had with the book, you always let us know. Yeah. So first question. Do you see any similarities between the character of 630 and your precious Bruno? Love this character and would love to get your take on his antics. So we talked about this a little bit, but I just wanted to restate the question because I would love for Bruno to learn from 630. Uh, maybe 630 could offer mentorship classes and Bruno could go and study with him because all dogs, I mean, all dogs are wonderful, but if everyone had a dog like 630 that could pick your kid up for the world from would school, be a better place and who could take the highway to meet you at work to us uh, and save out a bomb. you from a bomb, right? Just because he had a feeling because he saw someone not clapping. Um, that would be really cool. Like hero, this dog. Totally. And the fact that he was like banished from the academy because he wasn't a big enough hero for them was crazy. Like he was a former police dog. Their loss, luscious Lizzie's gain. <laughs> Next. <laughs> Some of the aspects of the book were so scientifically detailed while others seemed unbelievable. Example, Elizabeth's dad using pistachios for p- spontaneous combustion in his performative evangelism. Was anyone else thrown off by these odd references? Wait, but no, I feel like they I think, explained why, like, they scientifically explained why the pistachios combusted. Yeah, yeah I feel like if there was they any, like, if do. there was any tossed out science stuff that maybe even wasn't explained very well, like, I just trust that it was true. Like, and I think yeah. that it is true. You know what I'm thinking about? Mm. How much research this author had to have done for this book, unless she was a chemist as well. But I think she might be. I read the bio and she definitely oh. has a lot of hobbies. She has oh. a dog named like 99. Yeah, she, her dog's name oh. is 99. Oh my God. Oh How my God. I love okay, that. never mind. Um, no, I, I like would put my heart and soul against all of these chemistry driven claims. So if a pistachio is going to blow up, I, I uh, agree. And I like that there were all these like throwaway science facts that she did, I didn't need her to get into everything, but even her saying like everyone thinks spinach has so much iron. But it doesn't. I'm like, yeah, I thought spinach had so much iron. Yeah. That's yeah. crazy that people literally still say that. Uh, next question. What are your thoughts on the personification of the dog? Elizabeth's dependence on 630 for non-pet related tasks, like helping her in the kitchen lab, was a choice I didn't personally love. So that's a little different, the lab help. But I mean, if I had that sort of help, I would use it. And also, uh, it was like he was pressing a button. It's not like he was pouring from vial to yeah. Bunsen and also, burner. this book wasn't meant to be like an exact, accurate portrayal of a dog's mind. Like it was just a cute technique that I respect. If you didn't like it, but I personally did. Yeah, I didn't really feel one way or the other. Also, someone else said, I love this book. I gave it five stars. Just came here to say that Kylie Jenner gets criticism for not wearing a hairnet in her lab. <laughs> but Elizabeth Zott has 630 walking around hers. Can't wait to watch the series. Yes, this book has already been made to a, into a series. It's um going to be on Apple TV in 2023. And we'll talk about it when we get to the Hollywood treatment. But I'm so excited for the series, too. That's Next. awesome. Do you think Elizabeth Sott is a realistic character for that time period? I think in modern historical fiction, authors try to overplay gender biases and stereotypes of a certain time to reflect modern feminism. So do you think this story was somewhat accurate for the time? That's an interesting point that in modern historical fiction, so that's most of what we read, things that were written now, that are written now, but like about 
a period that's passed, authors try to overplay gender biases and stereotypes. I think that's a really slippery slope mm-hmm. to start arguing. I, I just, I don't know. Like, all so much of our, like, experience of what happened then is through modern tellings, true stories, and also fictional. So I, while yeah. I think that this definitely could have happened, maybe Elizabeth herself experienced more gender bias than the average woman. But I also think being a woman in science, you experience more gender bias than the average woman. Yeah, I'm choosing to believe that it was rooted in in claims that like were either that the author decided to pursue or in her research was able to like cobble together through conversations with people during the time like I feel like it wasn't necessarily like made up in her mind so I imagine that it was probably rooted in mostly historical fact and like maybe taken all together like every man in this book was a misogynist every man was abusive with the exception of like Walter and Calvin but like every single person she encountered had some terrible thing that they did to her. So maybe that was slightly hyperbolic in terms of just like volume. But I think it's accurate to say like women in that time period and still today definitely experience some gradation of that, whether it be less men, less severity, but taken as a whole, like I think it was supposed to drive the point home that this does happen. Yeah. It's also not like, she's not pretending this is a true story. So it's fiction. She can add however many anecdotes of sexual bias as she wants to drive the point home. Right. I also, I thought the only thing that might have been unrealistic was Vogue posting the article in the 1950s. I don't know that Vogue would have done that. I, yeah, I don't know either. I thought it would have gone to Ladies Home Journal because that's what she was reading. Um, But I guess it was a good article about women in science. Like, and if Harry liked it. No, totally. But I feel like, like my point is is that like at the time publications like were not trying to help women no one was yeah no that's where I'm like would this actually have happened like would justice ever actually have been served in the 1950s I think the Vogue part was funny because it's like their angle the whole time was science 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 magazine and like Elizabeth might have been someone to scoff at a magazine like Vogue and the fact that like you can have resources that aren't in your line of work and are considered beneath you in terms of like content help boost you to fame and popularity. Like I just thought that was just a funny spin that they were trying to take on it. Like you can have Vogue talk about science and it'd be effective. Yeah. What frustrated me is like this whole time Elizabeth had a platform, like a huge platform. She syndicated like at any time she could have told her truth she could have named names she could have sat down sent the whole episode from soup to nuts telling her story and you know exposing everyone and it's like it felt like she was like looking for a platform and it's like girl turn on the tv it's you (laughs) I thought the same thing Jax like I thought at some point she was gonna you know take initiative with the show also because it was live yeah yeah that's also sorry just on that note um was it live? Because how did she come home that day I don't when think Reverend it, was there? I don't think it was live. I think it's, it was a live taping, but it aired later. Oh. I think oh. so, too. Okay, never mind. Okay, next question. I found myself more than halfway through the book and still wondering what the plot slash the reason for the book. I ended up loving the end, but there were times where I was wondering why I was reading this book. I was wondering if any of you gals found yourself thinking the same. No. 
I, I kind of understand what you're saying. I never felt this particular way, but I feel like the way that it was written, it felt like they were trying to catch us up to something, you know, like they're giving like backstory, but then the opening scene is that lunchbox scene and Walter and Elizabeth. So I guess they're catching us up to that. And at one point I was like, where is this book going? Like what, and not in a bad way, but like, what is the point of this book? Like, is this a mystery? Like, so I do know what you mean, but I didn't feel it in a negative way. It was more of a curious way. Like what is the tone of the book? Yeah, I agree with that. I was always thoroughly enjoying it. So I think if, if I wasn't, I would be like, what is going on? Why am I here? Yeah. But I felt like it was so sharp that it I had confidence that I would be de- like delivered a, a positive ending. Yeah, agreed. Next, did this p- book empower you to take any action on any tasks you've been putting off? I'm currently studying for a massive state engineering test and this book has motivated me to study. Well, I'm glad for that. I had like the opposite reaction where I was so grateful to not be in school anymore having to study. (laughs) Yeah, no, but Elizabeth definitely made me want to be better. Like she's a working mom and she's like cooking home-cooked meals. It definitely made me want to cook more and put more thought and effort into like making meals at home. I also kind of wish that there was some recipes at the back. Like I would love to try and make a casserole. I've never made one and I feel like they're kind of – they were so popular back then. They're not as popular now. Now it's like a, a specialty item a little bit, I think. But it's a great idea. You put all the ingredients Checks. in one. You made a lasagna. I know a lasagna is technically a casserole, but not a lasagna. Like a okay. spinach casserole. I would have loved a recipe and I actually would have tried it because I trust Elizabeth's take on nutrition. They need a lessons in chemistry meets the kitchen front. <laughs> this book reminded me so much of the kitchen Same. front. Same. Even though we didn't like Kitchen Friends. No, but it was cooking on TV and, and helping women get through right. whatever it is. We didn't hate the Kitchen front. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I remember hating it. Uh, no, I we liked it all. while I... We all. I liked it while I read it, just like in hindsight, it was kind of unremarkable. For you know? sure. No, I, I remember during it, I was like, uh, I picked a historical yeah, fiction right. book again. Yeah, it was just... <laughs> kind of sucked. No, it was, like, fine. It's three it stars. Fine, you know? It's a solid three. I think it was three. just, like, back to back to back historical fiction. Like, we needed a switch up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, final question. I absolutely love this book. It's one of my top reads of the whole year. I absolutely love the characters and storyline, and the historical fiction element made it so much more entertaining to me. However, my friend also read the book and hated it, saying that she thought Elizabeth's feminist ideology and attitude was too unrealistic for this time period of perfect 1950s housewife and that it was too unbelievable to get behind. My perspective is that this was the point of the book, to think about what it would have been like if a woman had been vocal and had a platform to express that way of thinking during this era. I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this. Do you agree it was too unrealistic for the time period or do you think that was the point of the book? I think it was the point of the book. Like there were probably so many women at the time who were like looking around like what is going on here this is out of control like I am treated like absolute shit by the rest of society and I'm doing so much and I'm so underappreciated and I think that it was giving a peek into that and the voice of someone who was like by the way change is possible and we have to kind of band together and stand up for ourselves we deserve that like 
I don't know. I just, I, I, it worries me that we like would look at this and be like, this is unrealistic. Like, no, I think that this is like a very accurate portrayal and like we should probably acknowledge. Well, I think what the person is saying is that Elizabeth is unrealistic. Like not her circumstances, but that someone had, would be this way and have this platform and, and speak out like she did. I guess, I mean, if there were an example of someone who actually did this, maybe we would know them. I don't, or maybe we wouldn't. Maybe there were people who, women who were in positions of power who were like subversively empowering women, you know, and empowerment for that time. It probably looks different than it does now. Um, so I guess, but when something is not, when it's historical fiction and something is not like copy and paste from what it actually was, like that doesn't bother me. Because it's like, you know, you're dramatizing things a little bit to get the point across. Yeah. And I think Elizabeth's personality being such stark contrast to the times really drove that home. And that's like the whole point of the book. Like someone who is not the normal. It's almost like she's a time traveler. And she like was planted here and she's like, this is not how things should be. So I will make them as they should be. Yes. Totally. But I do think most people aren't like Elizabeth. And so in that sense, you know, most people are eventually bend. She did not. No, she did not. Next, it's time for the moral of the story. There are so many here. Who wants to take a crack at it first? Mine was keep fighting for what's right and don't lose sight of who you are. Gorgeous. Thanks. Dana? Mine was similar to the end of that. I had be yourself. Yep. Whoever you want to be. Snatchler? Don't be afraid to speak your mind. That's really good. I think mine was more be yourself. Never like always believe in yourself. Love that job. Also something that didn't come up in any of these questions. I thought I had a question in there about it. Was the role of religion in this book. I felt like the book was very anti-religion. I think in general, people find conflict between religion and science. I personally don't. Like, I think that both can exist just fine. But between those conversations about, like, theology and the reverend and how can there be a God if everything, you know, is physical and makes sense and blah, blah, blah. Between that and the fact that the church looks so horrible with the orphanage stuff... It was pretty anti-church. Yeah, and she came out and said she was an atheist and right, was an uproar. Right, right, right. It was that. But then also you have like a Reverend Wakely who's a lovable character. So it's like there are good reverends, clearly. Yeah, I, they were definitely, there was some subtext there about religion for sure. Yeah. Not even subtext. It was pretty overt. Yeah, I like, that's not the theme that like really resonates for me. So I don't yes. like think into it and think about it too much. But there was a lot of it. And they let, uh, what's her face, Harriet, get a divorce at the end. And that was very anti-Christian. Right. True. Right. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. I'm just, it hadn't come up and I thought it was actually a really big theme. Um, Okay, now it's time for the Hollywood treatment. And I have a treat for everyone because in my research, they have already released some cast pictures from the series that they're making on Apple TV Plus. So I sent you guys a link to your emails. Brie Ooh. Larson is playing Elizabeth. Oh my God, that's perfection. Yeah, that's right. Love that. And I guess Lewis Pullman, who was in Top Gun Maverick, is playing Calvin. So if you want to click Lewis the link, you guys, Pullman. I'll post the pictures on our Instagram, but they dropped two photos that look gorgeous. Wait, oh, of them in like In character. See. Yes. Oh my God, they look amazing. Look Wait, at 630. I'm, look at 630. Wait, 630. Hold on. 
Oh, holy oh, crap. That's my awesome. my God. Love Brie Larson. Wait, Brie Larson looks great. I had, yeah. wait, can we go through who we had? Yeah, let's go through who we had. I just, I was so excited to share that with you guys. No, that That's was amazing. amazing. We're going to cast Elizabeth wait. and Calvin, even though they've been cast and they look amazing. This who were perfect. you thinking of when you read the book? Bex? Elizabeth, I had Kate Bosworth, which I stand by. Like Kate Bosworth, a la like when she was in Blue Crush, like when she was like really angular and had like that bleach blonde hair. I was like, you are. Was she bleach blonde? I really thought she was like brunette. No, no snatch. She was blonde. Fuck, I have to. It was like before things. your time, snatch. Uh, snitch. Who- it's okay, snitch. Who- I did not blonde too, so keep your. Oh, you, oh, was okay. Elizabeth blonde? Sorry, I thought you were asking about Kate. Bosworth. No, I know Kate Bosworth. Oh, okay. Was Elizabeth Wand? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she was Wand. Dana, who'd you have? I know she was blonde, but I needed to do Kim Kardashian because I really was feeling it. Are you (laughs) kidding? What? (laughs) What? And I might as well tell you my Calvin because it was Pete Davidson and I just, you know, really felt it the whole time. What? The shortest. There's just like genuinely no way you were actually imagining them too. I don't imagine anyone ever when I read. I think she saw the word luscious and she said Kim Kardashian. (laughs) Yeah. And like a heart. She got her ass up and worked. She didn't care what anyone else thought of her. Oh my god, I'm shook to the core. That's one I'm of shocked. that's actually your craziest casting yet. <laughs> totally. My Calvin was Adam Driver, which Oh, that's is so good. Bot on. That's really Bot good. On. Snitch, yeah. who do you have for the two? For Calvin, I had Jesse Eisenberg when he but like oh, the that's good. smart ass yep. when he's like the smart ass and now you see me, mm-hmm. like that vibe. And then for uh, I don't even want to say it's like not good, but I had Dakota Johnson. Okay, yeah, sure. Um, I had for Elizabeth, even though the whole time I was thinking of January Jones in Mad Men, because like yes. that's oh, the look. Fuck, yeah. Um, I actually cast Elizabeth DeBecky, who um, is going to be in the new season of The Crown, and she's actually playing Nancy Wake in the Cold Name Helene series. Oh my god! Yeah, I so bring it back that. to another redheads read. So many redheads on the big screen. So and for. Calvin, I had Matt Smith, who is in the new House of the Dragon. Uh, He plays Daemon Targaryen. He's in The Crown, and he he is my Calvin. But here we have these pictures of who's actually playing the people. They did a fantastic job, and I'm yeah, they did. so excited. I think this will be an amazing series. It's, like, going to be so 50s vibey with heart. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. I do think Calvin is a little too good looking in the series, but I think, like, that is showbiz for you. Yeah. That is showbiz, but no, she looks fantastic. The three, the, them walking with six thirty, like I'm crying. I imagine six thirty to be like a black dog, because like, like you know those police dogs that are like like a um Rottweiler. black and brown. Yeah, I didn't expect it to be like a looks like Sandy golden, from a golden doodle. <laughs> looks like Sandy from Annie. Huh. Yeah, totally. I that's what I was thinking, but I did have six thirty being played by Bruno Weinreb. Oh my god, he would crush it. Bruno, my angel, mommy's love. <laughs> okay, now it's time for our overall rating of this book. I'm so excited to hear what everyone rated it. I will go first since it was my choice. And, you know, I stick with pretty much whole numbers and I'm very generous. And I gave this book a five. It was a delightful read. A. Snatch. I gave it a four. Nice. That's pretty good for a book that wasn't a snitch's choice. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. X? I gave it a 4.1. Wow, what's the point one for? Because I was like, it's better than a 4, but it wasn't a 4.5. And so, like, the 4.1 felt right. Okay. 
Dana? That feels right. I gave it a 4.2. Wow. You guys are so fucking stingy. Like, it was a great... <laughs> okay. A five is crazy. I give I give every book that I love, that I enjoyed my time with, that I didn't want to end, a five. That's my rating because, like, fives are achievable for me. But we all have different scales, as we can clearly tell. And the overall Redhead's rating for Lessons in Chemistry by Bonnie Garmis is a 4.325. That, that feels, feels right. right. <laughs> that does feel right. I need to go measure it against some of our other. I need to start a ranking. Just personal. Spreadsheet. I need to start a spreadsheet. Yeah, exactly. Just so every time we do this, I can tell you where it ranks amongst all the other redhead books. I think that would be really beneficial to all of us. Very helpful. Okay, so that is our recap of Lessons in Chemistry. Now we are all going to tell you about the other books that we read this month. We'll tell you what we rated them, whether we would recommend them or not. I read so many books this month, so I actually think I need to go last. Who else read this month? Snatch? I think that I did. Okay, you pulled yeah, that up. Yeah, I did. Oh, Bex? I, I did. Read. Oh, okay. I, was, yeah, I thought you were pulling it up. Sorry. You were just no, taking, I have it here. I just was just trying to figure out if I read it, like, in August, but I don't think so. We'll let you know if you, you talk guys, about it. You guys let me know mm-hmm. if I've already spoken about this. Hit us with it. Okay. First, I read Can't Look Away by Carola Lovering. Have I spoken about that? No idea, Snatch. No, I don't think so. Oh, it's a really good book. I love Carola. Also, what we haven't spoken about, not that I think anyone here cares, is Tell Me Lies. Because we Tell all Me care. Lies, a book. Okay, by Carola Lovering is now a show. She wrote Tell Me good. Lies. She wrote Tell Me Lies. We love Tell Me Lies. Great book. Love Tell Me Lies. Um, Can't Look Away was like pretty good. I'd give it a 3.8. Okay. Something Wilder by Christina Lauren. Oh, this was this was strange. It was like a treasure hunt pirate situation. I didn't know what I was getting myself into. I'd give it like a 3.3. Um, and then I read By Thread by Lucy Score, which was a Lucy Score book that everyone said I would hate. But I loved it because it was porny and fun. So I'd give it like a 4. And... That was it. Oh, you read me. a lot for the snatch. Yeah. Cool. Bex? That's no joke, snatch. I read The Personal Librarian by Heather Terrell and Victoria Christ- Christopher Murray. Um, so good. It was so good. I rated it probably a 4.3. And I absolutely loved it. It was rooted in so much his- rich historical fact it was about the librarian to J.P. Morgan's personal library. And it's all about history and that time period. And also race was a very, very prominent theme. Um, and I'm actually going to the Morgan Library later this month because I loved it so much. I needed to see it for myself. You do. I read the book. I wish that I went to the library. That's so cool to like go after having read that book. The book is so good. If you love so historical good. fiction, it's a must read. Totally agree. Jax, next time you're here, I'll gladly go back. Oh my God. Thank you. Dana, how many books did you read? I read five. <gasps> I think I read more than you. Oh, I read my one, God, two, you three, guys. four, That's five. Insane. Oh no, I read five. Okay, uh, you go first. Okay, I read Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow by Gabrielle Zevin. And oh my gosh, this book was so good. I gave it a 4.6. Shout out to all my redheads for spamming my DMs telling me to read this because you were spot on. Loved it. Recommend it to anyone. 
Then I read How High We Go in the Dark by Sequoia Nagamatsu. Didn't love this as much. I gave it a 2.7. It was like pandemic-y and not great. Yeah. Then I read, uh, I'm probably butchering this, Molokai by Alan Brenner. Very good book. I gave it a 3.7. It's about (laughs) leprosy in Hawaii. Very Um, good book. Kind of historical fiction. Very good. (laughs) 3.7. Then I read Remarkably Bright Creatures by Shelby Van Pelt. And and I gave it a 1.5. Oh my god. Redheads, you recommended this in the Facebook group and it was couched between other books that I loved, so I thought it was a sure shot and I don't want to disrespect your preference, but I fucking hated this book. So (laughs) that's just my own opinion. And then I read Carrie Soto is Back by Taylor Jenkins Reid. I gave that a three. Solid book, like all of hers, they fly by. I didn't like it as much as the others, um, but still a very solid book. Totally. I have two things to say. Mm -hmm. One. I heard Carrie Soto was fine. It's fine. Like it was by yeah, yeah. Tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. I feel like everyone has been talking. about It that is. Book. It's all the rage. It's really good. Helps Reed's posted about it too, and she. I loved was gonna it. say Helps yeah. Reed's like is fucking obsessed with tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. Yeah, it's she really would, good. Do you think I would like it? Yes, definitely. Oh, okay. Oh, I'll, I'll add. I'm gonna it. add. It's it super too. well written. So I read five books this month also. First, I read Elvis and Me by Priscilla Presley, Elvis's ex-wife. She wrote a memoir about her time with Elvis. And after watching the movie Elvis, I just wanted more Elvis tea. So I loved her memoir. I got exactly what I needed. I feel like I know Elvis on a better level. It wasn't too long and it was written in a way that was really quick to read. I gave that four stars. Then I read The Secret Life of Violet Grant by Beatriz Williams, who's actually a huge historical fiction writer. People love her books. I actually never read anything by only her. I read her, she wrote with two other authors once, but this was my first book by just Beatriz and I loved it. I gave it five stars. It went back and forth between time periods and I thought it was a great historical fiction book if anybody's looking for a read. It goes back and forth between the breakout of World War I and like 19... 60 New York City girly kind of like a rules of civility vibe for the New York City girl but then also World War One which I really love that that was five stars then I read City of Likes by Jenny Mullen because Dana read it and she said that she thought I would like it and she was right it was such a quick easy read fun and uh, engaging I gave that four stars I read it in like one day it was one of those books if you're just looking for something snackable I would recommend that I just recommended it to Claudia also Then I read Carrie Soto is Back by Taylor Jenkins Reid. I totally agree with Dana. It was a solid book. I enjoyed my time with it. Not as good as her other books, but she really doesn't flop. She just has a way of writing that is engaging and you don't, couldn't dislike it. So I gave that four stars. I guess for on Dana's scale, everything I just described would be three stars for her. I guess it was more of a 3.5, but I have to do whole numbers on Goodreads. So I gave it four because I'm generous. And then I read Meant to Be by Emily Giffen. She is the author who wrote Something Borrowed. I've never read anything by her, but this book um, is loosely based on the Kennedys. It's the Kingsleys and it's a romance. Claudia read it and she said when she read it that she thought I would like it, but she didn't say it with a lot of enthusiasm. So then I didn't read it. But then I was looking for an easy romance and it was on my list. So I read it and I loved this book so much. It was one of the best romance books I've read. Definitely the best romance book I've read in like a year. I feel like these days it's hard for me to really believe in like a love connection that I read in a book. I'm just getting very jaded and so many of the characters are so similar and everyone's just like so uh, like 
obvious and I loved it so much snitch I would recommend it to you it was meant to be by Emily Giffen and I gave it five stars I think anybody who likes that I love Emily Giffen if you like a, a cute romance book but you also like wealthy New York City tings like it was perfection and I was shocked at how much I loved it five stars for me so so far I'm on a really good streak with books I feel like because I have to read less because I have less time I'm reading better books and it's a really a joy so that's a wrap on this episode but before we let you go Becky you need to let us know what we are reading next month next month is Becky's choice and I'm so excited to hear what you've chosen for us Bex this next month we will be reading Hester by Lori Ligo Albanese I'm so excited because this book was just published. So you know us here at the Redheads, always at the cutting edge and the forefront. Uh, I also love that this book is in perfect time for spooky season. It takes place in Salem. And this period of time is an area that I'm not as familiar with. So I'm really, really looking forward to learning more about kind of this early 1800s era. So I hope everybody enjoys. We've been on such a high with our selections that I would hate to be the one to cause a downfall. But should that be the case, please don't come for me. Um, But I'm really looking forward to it. Yay! Oh my God, I'm so excited to read that. I've seen it around and I've heard pretty good things. Cool. I hope it's a fan favorite. I can't I'm excited. Wait. Another Bex's choice. I mean, not going to lie, Bex's November choice historically has been a real low in the year Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um we've Mm -hmm. had kitchen front and we've had luis velez so i hope you break the streak on this one i actually just broke my streak because my october books were a slow fire burning which was like the most unremarkable book ever and uh the one about the girl group cassidy holmes is unraveling the unraveling Yeah. yeah which was like which was cute when i read it but didn't stick with me so I do feel like lessons in chemistry will stick with me. Oh, you're so lucky. Here is hoping that I can break the streak. It is a low one. But we're on a serious streak of books. Like the last five books for the Redheads have been fire flames. Like really objectively great books. Okay, here's hoping that it's going to continue chickies. Can't wait. Well, thank you guys for another wonderful episode. I won't take up any more of your time. Appreciate you all. Love you all. And thank you all for listening and being redheads, the most wonderful community on the internet. We will see you on the next one. Bye. 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 Bye.